Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program. Tonight, my special guest is Ahmad Al-Khattat. He's been with us several times over the years. He's one of my favorite poets. He hailed from Montreal, Canada, and he's written a new book of love poetry, Noemi and the Lips of Sweetness, and he will join us shortly. I think that piece of music sets the theme, sets the mood for what we're planning to discuss tonight in terms of poetry. I'd like to bring on Ahmad Al-Khattat. Hello, Ahmad. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you tonight? I'm very good. How about you, sir? Great. Great. Welcome from the United States, from Washington, D.C., to be specific. Thank you, thank you. Well, welcome uh, from Montreal, Canada. Yes. <laughs> it's always good to hear your voice, my friend. You've written a new book of poetry. Yes, no, it is. It's, and uh, of sweetness. Yes. Tell me about the inspiration for the book. I want to hear everything. Well, okay. I don't know about you, but I think everybody, you know, don't know the whole story. Well, you know, I've been dating my fiance Naomi Stafford. And I decided to write a love one book for her. And today I decided to to do a short big announcement that this book will be published next year with uh, more poems and it's going to be bigger. The reason why I'm doing that is because in three weeks it's, I'm going to marry her. Oh, congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 
So you're sharing with us tonight poetry from your upcoming book, and you're getting married yeah. in three weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's a first for this program, so <laughs> that makes me very happy. <laughs> what I'd like you to do is to share some poems from your book. Sure. So we start with this one. This one, the title is One Magical Kiss. It's the perfect time to kiss me as in this moment. Rest your lips on mine, pulling at my tongue me more than once, twice, until I get a taste of your pure love that grows lively and profound. Without your love and support, I could be a guest by the door. Your kindness below the moonlight steals my breath and gives me chills. Before you, every other cuddle I had in my past had been wrong. Now, the universe has turned into spring as I watch the flowers bloom for you. I inhale your expensive perfume and I become numb when I get a loving taste. I enjoy smelling your body scent, resting on my mind from the noise of war. The candles denied my wishes, since no one stand wishes for me. With eyes crying, I wish myself to see the sunshine on your When I miss you, I cannot dream of you. When you are sleeping in my heart, you are the warmth and solace. Will you come before come back before I sleep by myself? That's the first one. So there's another one I can share called Lips of Sweetness. Your sweet lips speak nothing but kind words, as if you were reading verses from heaven. When those lips draw near me in bed, I hear the echoes of lovers from the distance of moon. Your eyes and lips are the first ones to remind me of your des- my desires on the lake, stars, and the moon. At night, I enjoy the rain because it spreads your taste upon your skin below your red vest. The universe has moody seasons with people who whisper to break our shield. But come closer to me, and my secrets will become the shadow to protect you all night. For you, I will drink your wine and break all the bottles of sorrow. For you, I will inhale your sand and damage all of my peace. Even your perfume has a promise to speak you with the beat of my heart. Hopefully, I will turn myself into a candle to hear your voiceless wishes. So that's another one I have called Every Move You Make. Every move you make with me, I feel the wind blowing my soul to you with a scent of love to your force to take you above the roofs of loneliness. Before the night, you are dripping honey. In the daytime, I am drip drinking honey on your flowery lips with tears to asking you to come back. I will tell you that you are my mirror as we cry together and laugh and I laugh on my own because your body and red lips 
are the reasons why I can see the stars. Little secret. Do you want to know a secret? I adore dancing in the dark. With my eyes closed, I smile with tears. With a, with only a kiss, would end my thirst to write haikus and free verse with birds singing love songs. Hope this to be easy to wish or dream with you, but Baghdad has destroyed my infancy hopes. Oh, Naomi, stay with me a bit longer. Across the lines, enter my soul and tell my spirit that everything will be all right. Be my Shaharayar, Basically, Shaharayar is a Persian queen that she used to tell 1,100 night stories to the king to avoid getting in trouble or getting like death. So this one called Be My Shaharazad. I I need space above the skies to show you how much I involved in loving you from a rainbow. At once, I was the dullest rain in the desert. Finding our way home is no longer out of the question. Your heart is the most beautiful country, as it requires love and not a nationalist. Holding our two trusted hands together as we walk across the broken bridges, it could lead my vision to a dream to break the world's boundaries. Since we belong to this toxic earth, we are cursed to death for no reason. Our days are on, are hot as fire, as cold as ice. Therefore, stay strong as the mountains. In the shadow fearful darkness, we are not the strangers to undress. With every breath you take from me, a flower in heaven blooms of your scent. Be my shahadat and kiss my lips before the wind blows with red roses all over your nude body to hide you from my joyfulness and pleasure. That's another one called your love. I'm collecting pieces of love beneath the branches of love by the colorful leaves of love next to the aged love roots to build a nest of love. My blood is floating love. My wine is red love. My heart beats for love. My voiceless crush is love. My garden is full of love roses. The doves will sing about love. The moon will hear a love necklace. Will, <laughs> will wear a love necklace. And I will write about spring and love only because you are love. Unlighting me and turn me into love. I enjoy the desert of love strawberries to dream of her shadow of love only because she is the queen of love god inspires her flesh from colors of love as her voice still plays in love in my heart my desert all right that's another one and this one is after her this one is special because i wrote it for her during one of our first dates and after her name no amy no amy let us together swear in this life that we will keep our love true. See me, feel me, and judge me. Do not hurt me from my tears. In one week, we have seven days. There is not a day that I cannot stop missing you and dream of your compassion 
We were once lovebirds, trusting with, with joy that gives us wings to fly by the beautiful nest. You are the happiness to my life. You are the hope to my success. What should I say when you smile? And when I get thirsty as a dying soldier, when the moon will be yours forever, do not leave me by the jealous stars. When my heart will be yours forever, stop it from healing after my death. Did you know that when I make you cry with tears rolling down your cheeks, I see the map of death forcing me to go and walk with two bleeding hands? Noemi, help me bury the darkness and let our love create a spring where I can feel your kind kiss, your lips kissing far away my moonlight bedroom. God will protect you with, from nightmares and I will love you like a mother cares for her own child. I will draw for you a ring and ask you romantic questions. Will you marry me, Naomi? No pleasure. It is yes. Then overwrap me from anxiety. If and if it was no, tie me down mercilessly to the point where I will never close my eyes without saying your name before I die. That's another one. And that's one called painting you. I will be painting you below the curious moon next to a pile of mixed emotions with a brush full of memories. The truth is I'm a sad tear and not the color of the rainbow. In your eyes, all the colors dance over the, your canvas. I see the smile of yours truly and I the arrival of the summer sunrise and a feeling thirst to your lips under the rain. Make me your model for a moment. Catch me with your will for an hour. My soul and eyes must be awake to feel your touch like an angel's kiss. I will color your moist lips with the colorful leaves from autumn in your hair, and I will draw the running horses dancing on your sand forever. That's another one, and this one is called, I Just Want Your Love, Noemi. We all ask for many things. Some objects fade away while others survive, but as long as I live, you are the only one woman I need. My first kiss with you was magical. I could taste your lips, and together we said welcome to the blue moon and goodbye to the sun. Never think about being alone. Never wish for anything else. I just want your love for the rest of my journey, away from tears. My first year with you is more than a dream I could have asked for. I'm honored to be the man who adores the seasons by you as an inspiration. Light the candles and fly by the stars and let me be the vampire biting your bloodless flesh and non-existent pain. Instead, I will tattoo my love for you. Noemi, you are the one who how to live and dream immensely away from my dark fantasy of death with a knife next to my tear in a lonesome night. I am not until your fingers guide me while I'm melting from the top of my rust lusty earthquake that will make us 
into two stones, catching friendly fire in the middle of every night. I just want your love, and nothing else matters. If you are thirsty, drink the water from my spirit's hand, and dance with me in Baghdad before the tears of joys become black, like in the days of my funeral. Your strawberry bites are still moist from my smile, and your perfume still alive on my neck and beard. If someone comes and tries to break us apart, I would blind him. And from how much I miss you right now. Okay. And one last one. God's whiskey. God's whiskey tastes like your lips. Pour me some before the snow covers your celery above the damages I caused myself from the moment of happiness. What good is left in my past world? I feel my wounds are nostalgic to the times where I would weep from stars of losing my homeland. You are the most beautiful prayer in my heart. You are the most, you are the holiest woman between all the ones I have met in, within my past seasons. Your prayer is the only season that shines. Walking to you barefoot is not a foolish dream. All the lovebirds opened their cages to help me. All the people who, who called the romantic are following me just because you are the trust, source love of my love. The Lord is watching me again as I grow weaker and drunk from drinking more than I should. I should responsibly. That is why my body is bleeding rusty blood. Medication does not cure me as much as your lips. If you come home on Christmas, I will no longer flip the photo albums and shade with weird tears. The passion is is fed from your fantasies, where we feel free to be in the cure love. And that's the last one. After twelve in the morning, that's the title. After twelve in the morning, and the appearance of the moon and its stars. I'm thinking about you in the presence of my silent dancing spirit with my tears. My face becomes numb from a smile. I share with carelessness and heartless people. In my heart, you are going beautifully. In my mind, you are learning constantly. I forget my name when you wipe my sadness. But I remember that I'm born for a reason. You are one of my greatest revolutions. I will stab myself if I ever hurt you after 12 in the morning. Wow. Thank you, you know, Ahmad, your work is beautiful and is extremely heartfelt. I'm sure Noemi is listening. Yes. And uh, <laughs> congratulations to you as well. You're getting a good Thank man. You, and... Uh, mm-hmm. You've been a guest on my show many times, many times, and we've had opportunities to talk about numerous issues in the world, but primarily your experiences growing up in Iraq, the Iraq war, moving to the United Mm -hmm. States. How did you make that leap from that heaviness to this lightness? Mm -hmm. Talk to me. Well, you know, sir, let me tell you something. You see, in this world... 
every single human being needs a partner. So you see, like, I once was talking to Naomi, and I told her, like, you know, Naomi, my homeland is gone. It's not the same mm. home country that I used to have. And I asked her the question. I was like, would you be my homeland? Wow. Because, you know, in the year of 2019, when I went back home for the first time after the war, everything was not the same. You know, people are different. Mentality is different. Everything was different. It's not like, you know, like you see, even even my friends are not the same people. Even like in photo. To the point I stopped feeling homesick and I was like, is that normal? And I still remember the moment when I came back to come back to Canada, when I came back to Montreal, the moment I saw Naomi with a bouquet of flowers she had in my her hands waiting for me, that made me the happiest man on earth. That makes me like more responsible for my action and I'm like, you know what, I think I found my homeland and I think my homeland is Naomi and that's it. Wow. Yes. That's very powerful, my friend. Very powerful. Yeah. A very powerful statement. And how do I follow something like that? That is just incredible. I'm glad you found your homeland, a new homeland, where you feel safe and secure. Yeah. That is so important. Yeah. That is so important. You know, writing yeah. love poetry is not easy. Yeah. It takes a different kind of energy. Talk to us about writing love poetry. What did you learn about yourself from writing love poetry? Well, you know, writing love poem, you know, it's very hard. Why? Because when you write a love poem, because it's just, you know, let in poetry, you know, as a true writer, like, you know, we can't write as much as it becomes overly cliche, which becomes, like, fairly unprofessional. But sometimes it could be, like, really bad. But if you want to write a love poem, it becomes very emotional to the point that some of the poems that I read you, they took me like days. Some of them took me two months. Because, you know, like, love poems are actually the hardest part of poetry. Because, you know, you're not going to say, like, okay, I love you, you know, I mean, that's it. Because even the because, you know, every word mean a different meaning. Like, you see, I once I had a question, someone asked me, like, why are you so crazy about lips? You keep asking, kiss me, lips, kiss my lips. And I was like, you don't understand. Lips is where the word comes up. And those words, either each word have a meaning. And, you know, trust me, there are countries who have had battles and fights for years and years because of the words that people said by mistake. So that's why I say, my third lips, you know, like I'm giving this hint. So it's mm. not easy, you know. But what no. I learned personally, what I learned from writing love poems, is I learned mm-hmm. that to share my grief in a way that makes people feel comfortable. Like you see, when I say "kiss my lip, kiss me, and let me forgive about about my sadness," kiss me because you know I cried so many days in the war. I don't want to remember those days. I just want to have your lips kissing me and tell me that's it. Stop crying. Wow. You know, as I prepared for tonight's program, I found an mm-hmm. article online written by Camelia Taylor. It's on her blog, mm-hmm. Purpose Of, mm-hmm. and the title of the article is The Purpose and Benefit of Writing, about, writing Poems About Love. And I'd like to share some of those benefits. And what I'd like you to do from your mind is just to kind of comment on some of these, if you don't mind. All right? 
No problem. People, right, here we go. People who write don't feel like they're being judged and they feel like they're being listened to. How do you process that? Do you, do you feel judged in this process by writing these poems, putting it in a book, putting it out there for the world? Or do you feel like, you feel like, let me tell you something. You see, every time when I write a poem, I try to avoid swearing. The reason why is because, not because of judging, because you see, you have to know one thing. When you write a poem, is you're writing, you're sharing your emotions, your feelings. So technically, there is no limit to share your feelings and emotions. But me, what I do is I avoid swearing. The reason why I do that is because I'm thinking about my kids in the future. Once I'm going to have a kid, you know, my, I don't want my kids to read my poem and be like, oh, wow, my dad used to write this, or my dad used to say this, you know. I want my kids to be proud of me, to be like, oh, yeah, my dad wrote this to my mom. Oh, God, this, God wrote this about this topic in a clean way. So you want to leave a good history behind you. You don't want to leave a history full of swearing to the point people are going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's deep. But do I mind going to read that to my 9 years old, 12 years old? Wow. You know, according to this article, she makes a statement that people who write love poetry, and I'm paraphrasing, exercise sensitivity mm-hmm. and insight in the most illuminating and profound ways. Sensitivity. You've been through mm-hmm. so much in your life. Yeah. Have you been able to hold on to that sense or level of sensitivity as you matriculated in life, my friend? Well, you feel like, I'm going to be honest with you about one thing. Me, I don't know if people know that, if people know that or not. I'm a very sensitive person, okay? But over the mm-hmm. years, from writing, reading books, my sensitivity gets lower and lower. Why? It's because, you know, once you share your sensitivity in your writing and you show how much sensitive you are, the level of sensitivity in yourself gets lower too. And, you know, I, I feel like it's a human thing. So technically, you see, like, there are so many poets who I met personally who said, oh, I'm, I don't know how to write a love poem. And that's scary. Why? Because that means this person can write about anything else, but he cannot write about his own feelings or emotions. And that's mm-hmm. sad. Why? Because this person, he's, you can tell, he's very emotional, he's very sensitive. So technically, uh, it's, it's, it's a very hard question. Wow. You know, she also states that love poetry will provide you with a safe and private experience with just you and your feelings. And you have all of the control when it comes to the outcome. Think about that for me. The control when it comes to the outcome. How long did it take you again to write these poems? How long was this whole entire process from your very first poem until your finished product? Well, you see, sir, let me tell you something. You see, like, writing love poems, it became like almost like almost like something. Like, you see, like today, when I was going to, I had an appointment at the doctor, so I wrote a love poem. And I showed it to mm-hmm. my and my friends like, oh wow, who's this one for? And I was like, I just wrote it, you know, for my imagination. So technically, you see, it becomes a habit. But you know, the good thing about writing love poems is when you write a love poem and you share it in public or you share it in, to your book, it doesn't mean that okay, if you write a love poem, you want this person to fall in love with you. That's one thing people get always mixed up with. You see, like me, I remember, you know, one time I wrote a love poem. 
And this woman, she was like, oh, my God, can I take it? Can I have it in my room and frame it? I was like, yeah, sure. But you see, I didn't ask her for anything else. And that's one people mm-hmm. should realize. Okay, when I write a love poem, it's just to make people feel loved inside with their own self. I'm not asking you to love me in return. I'm not asking you to give me, oh, yeah, like, you know, at some point, I, I still remember back when the time before meeting Naomi, there was this single mom that I showed her some love poems, and she was so happy. She started feeling so comfortable mm-hmm. with herself because she was going through a lot. At some point, she's like, how much do I own you? And I was like, excuse me? She was like, yeah, I'm ready to buy them from you. I was like, no, you don't have to pay me a single dollar. I was like, the reason why I write you love poems is not because I'm in love with you, but I'm just trying to let you see the love with your own self. So when you write a love poem, you actually feel the love within yourself. You're not going to feel love for me. Like, if I'm going to tell you I'm going to come kiss your lips, and you're like someone in Australia, like, come on, think about it. Do you really think I'm going to take the plane 24 hours to just come to see you? Like, hey, lady, how are you? Yes. I'm here to kiss you. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, All right. That. All right. Yeah, like, you know, this, this last one, I think, fits into exactly what you're saying in terms of writing poetry, love poetry, excuse me. She states that writing love poetry will help you develop an identity, find your true, true self, and seek to understand. Where are you with that? Where is your level of understanding at this point? Have you developed a new identity? And based on what I've heard tonight, it sounds like you have. Yeah. Based on this journey. You see, like, when you you write love poems, you know, sometimes if you're like someone who's like really desperate looking to find the right partner, love poem can actually tell a lot about you. And you see, that's why, you know, like, I always tell you that, and I always tell people who are on me who are curious to know more about my private life, I was like, guys, I'm, I'm very open book. If you want to read me, if you want to know about me, read my poems. Every day I post a poem, oh, there's always a line about my poem. And it's funny because, you see, even my, you know, Naomi, she's like, yeah, I remember once you told me that. You know, she grabs that from a line from a poem. Why? Because she knows me. But you see, that's what I tell people. You want to know me? Read my poems. Because every poem have a line of my private life. Wow. Let's take a brief break, my friend, and we'll be right back. Sure. No problem. Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Ahmad Al-Katat. Ahmad, let me ask you a question, my friend. All right, Ahmad, are you there, sir? Yes, right. I know you're calling from, from Canada. All right. Here's my question to you, my friend, is, and I want you to think about your work, what you've written over the course of time in this particular book. Is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? That's my question. 
So what is your question? Can you put it back in? Oh, yes. Is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? If I'm writing a poem, can like build a wall and or building a garden down? Is that what? what okay. <laughs> you want me to say it again? Okay. When you write yeah. a poem, are you allowing mm-hmm. yourself to be free, or are you closing yourself off? Oh, uh, okay. That's a very good question, though. <laughs> <I haven't laughs> question. Well, it all depends on the mood. So you see, mm. like when it comes to the love poems. And you, let's say, you see, you know, I'm going to tell you a trick. I always thought that people as a fun, but that's actually have worked out. If you want to write a love poem that doesn't have any, you know, lock, lock or walls or anything that's like a love poem that stays with you, to the point it could be somehow erotic, you, the best way to write it is when you're drunk, when you, like, have whiskey or, you know, some, some liquor, you know, like heavy liquor can actually create. <laughs> But when comes to write a poem that build a wall, I would say that's because when when I'm writing like uh, poems that describe the war situation, like what happened between the Ukraine and Russia, for example, or some poems yes. about that. That's poem called. Like right now, I'm writing a new poem. I'm not gonna say the name. It's a more of it's a political poem. So this, you know, like I'm building a wall basically. So you see, when you write something sensitive subjects like the required like. Anything like with race or gender, those points you have to put a wall because if you don't put a wall, you're, you could easily be crushed and you, you know your name will be damaged for the rest of your life. Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you for answering my question. You know, this is live and there's no script. You and I are primarily yeah. in a conversation. You're primarily answering questions, and I'm throwing them at you in pretty rapid fashion. So I want to thank you for 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 doing for for working with me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it because I want to know more. I want to know more, okay. and I know that you have a lot to share. Now we're going yeah. to move back into your poetry momentarily. But I want to know in a very uh-huh. general way. These are some new questions that I've been asking. Does it uh-huh. hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? Well, you see, the only time it hurts me to write a love, I mean, sorry, it, it, it hurts me to write a poem is mm-hmm. when if I'm losing a friend. Like, you see, a few weeks ago, uh, one of my friends back home passed away. So writing poems oh. for those people, it hurts a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you see, like, I mm-hmm. remember one of the reverses lines I wrote, I said, I wish a coffin can speak so I can give him my body and give you my spirit to you. So, you know, we can do the change. Mm-hmm. I can let you live and watch your kid growing and I can sleep and lie down instead of you. Wow. So, you see, poetry could be harsh when you write about someone who you're missing. Like, yes, I remember the time when I used to date this girl that I told you about before that, you know, she, she died in an explosion back home. You know, the poem I wrote about her was the most, you know, like dark poem in my life. To the point, every time I think about the poem, it kills me because it was very powerful. You know, even the title was powerful. The title was like the state of death. So it becomes like really painful when you write about someone who you miss, someone who you dear. Like I remember when my grandma, she died. I spent an entire month just writing very sad poem about my grandma. And people don't realize, like, that is not something easy. Like, if you have someone dear in your life 
either family, friend, cousin, whatever, once they die and you write about them, it's not easy. Like, you see, like, I remember one time, um, there was a friend of mine, he was big fan of my poetry, and she was always supported me. And the moment when she died of cancer, when I start, and I started writing love poems, and people were like, oh, my God, who's this person? Who's this lucky people? But when I told them the story, everyone was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I remember one time uh, I wrote a poem for her called, you know, My Daughter Drawing, and it was a post poem. The whole, the whole idea behind the poem was, you know, like, you know, I'm just, like, having this idea of me and her getting married and have a daughter, and the daughter, she was crying because she said, Daddy, I'm sorry, but I drew a heart, but this heart cannot take two coffins. It can only take one coffin, so I decided to put my mom coffin. Mm-hmm. So people, when I even remember, I shared this poem in, a, like, open mic poetry, spoken mm-hmm. poetry. So, yeah, it could be, it could literally hurt. Like, even some, some of the poems I have written, they're not even finished yet. Why? Because it hurts. Yes. Like, you don't want people to read harsh stuff from you. You want people to be close to you. You don't want to people to be like, oh, my God, you know, like, I can't read this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, one last statement that Miss Taylor made is that writing love poetry while in emotional pain is a great way to process and deal with it. Love poetry helps you heal. And with that, I'd like you to start sharing your work again. Uh-huh. Well, you see, like, any kind of poetry you share or you write is a healing. It doesn't have to be love specifically. Like, you know, like, even if you write poems against wars, a poem about peace, a poem about depression, anxiety, it's a healing. So you see, one time I was reading about a Mexican poet that he wrote a, a poem about depression, and he said, I thought depression was only for white people. Mm-hmm. And that line just hit my head. I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like a Mexican immigrant. And he said, I thought depression was white, only for white people. I didn't notice that depression was for everybody. And mm-hmm. that's the line when I read that. I was like, wow. So wow, that is a powerful line. It really is. Yeah. So you see, this guy, when he wrote that, I'm pretty sure he felt so much healing after that. Because you see, mm-hmm. like, even me too, like, you know, me, I said, I thought depression comes after the war, but I never thought that depression could stay with me until the moment I'm going to be dusting my grave. Yes. Yeah. Very, very profound, my friend. Please share your work. Yeah. Sure. So I'm going to share you with one of the forms. You want me to show you the one I wrote today? Yes, I'd love to hear it. Sure. So this one I wrote it today, so it's like still fresh new. Okay. Let me draw you on my gray surroundings. Extend your arms and hang the moonlight. Rise on my sun and mouth until my shyness rush. Those clouds are pouring to the pleasure of your presence. Look at me with your beautiful eyes again. You will see a blooming smile on my face. Find like a flower that continues to grow in my face. Withdraw of my emotions and feelings. Your lips taught me how to write deep lyrics away from the language of mankind cruelty. Hug me and tell me that the earth is still spinning. Kiss me and tell me that we are in the season of lost by the stars. Wow. 
Thank you for sharing. Yes. My wife is the dentist. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to show you another one from the book. So this one, I wrote this poem. Uh, it's funny because I, it was kind of like I was watching the Titanic with Naomi. And I was very emotional at the end, especially with the song My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. So the title is A Leaf to Your Branch. I'll be always your Jack Dawson. That's the name of the character in the Titanic movie. Even if there are hundreds of men with diamonds and roses for you, I will give my heart and spirit for you. The sun shines and sets and the moon appears. Then fades away when the sun the sun rises. The warm sun dies and the sky gets darker. I'll be last autumn leaf to your branch, even when there is no tree but your seed. With the heavenly sand that I once inhale, I die from being a rose. But once I remember your kindness, I'm reborn. Oh my eyes, is it late to stay awake? Isn't it time to sleep and rest? But why would should I sleep with tears when I have nobody to wake up for? Alright, so mm-hmm. that's another one called Sleep Well. Sleep well, my princess. It was a long day. Close your eyes and wait for my arrival to become the, the night of your dreams. If I thought for just one moment, to tell you that I will always love you. The darkness is arising minutes while you are kissing me. My emotions are blossoming between your warm heart right now. Open your arms like a flying dove until I catch you to fly your higher together. Do not be naughty at three in the morning. Let me kiss somewhere other than your lips. Let me touch somewhere other than your breath. Just sleep and rest on my favorite pillow. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit of a I forgot to mention. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Okay, so this one, we are one. I was born in a heartless and careless homeland, which explains why I'm a lost queen. Well, who is lucky, you or I, we love and support each other. Until we're both dying years, our relationship is stronger and deeper than anything. Tonight, I will be a guest in your dreams, just like you will be the angel in my prayers. The moon is cold, and I'm cold, but warm when I touch your beautiful hands. The stars are away, the clouds are near. I stay awake looking at your midnight eyes. Love is warm inside. Of you, it feels like there is no space for unhealthy temptation, but there's the sunrise. That's so. Wow. That's a bit erotic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, I write a lot. Very nice. If nobody knows, Very nice. I write. I do write erotic too. So that's a small <laughs> one, like really small. Out of the 27 letters, because you know English, we have 27 letters. Just to make it clear, out of the 27 letters. I spelled my love to you in more than 27 languages. Mm. Wow. In the book, you know, I mentioned some of the love poems, love letters that 
me and Naomi, because you see, like, this, basically the way how we met me and Naomi, it was, you know, the, during the times when I used to work in a company, and then one of the district managers came up to me and was like, okay, Ahmed, you know, I know you're a manager for this this branch, and I'm going to, you know, introduce you to a new worker that she's going to be there to help you with it. And to my surprise, it was Naomi. So, you know, because we don't, we didn't want anyone to know about love, you know, after like the training and everything. So we decided to write it down. Yes. And to my surprise, I kept my love letters and she kept them hers as well. So then I decided wow. to share them in the book. So I'm going to read you some of the stuff that I wrote to her. 28 years old. It feels like a funny, it feels like a funny age. But I'm so pleased for you for it because I get to have you in my heart, my life, and my upcoming tomorrow. My, okay, I don't want to say this word. <laughs> for that mumble I have ever had dreamed of. The daughter I will always have, I will always love. So this is like some of the love ones. So technically, like you see, like <laughs> nothing is like mm-hmm. for the senses. But I put them in the book as a memory, you know. Hopefully, like yes. those ones, they will be included. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to share something before you, before you continue. It is really nice to hear you in a different space. It was very nice to hear you in a different space, my friend. It really, really is. Thank you, sir. It really is. Well, so you know, I'm very proud of you. you know, very proud of you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, you see, it makes me happy because, you see, lately, you know, like, you know, so many, you know, like a few of my friends that asked me, they said, are you publishing this year? And I said, no. And people, they said, why? And, you know, I, I was very honest. Like, I'm very honest about it. I was like, well, you see, I'm not crazy about the thing, and I'm not crazy about the number of selling books. But I just want to feel appreciated. Like, I want to see, like, okay, all this work I'm doing, the word writing, poetry, and stories, there's, like, something that like, people like, can actually, you know, like, you know, appreciate it. And that's why this year, this year, I took it like a small break because, you know, like I'm getting married. So technically, like I'm more busy getting ready with everything. So hopefully next year, I'm going to be back to publishing poetry, chat books, and, you know, poetry and short stories. But you see, today is a very important day. I forgot to mention one very important information since we're talking about love and my love to my, you know, my future wife. Today is actually her birthday. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, yeah. that makes it even more special. All right. Yeah. Happy birthday, Naomi. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, but you see, sir, you know, talking to you specifically, you know, talking to you and talking to some other people who I met by social media. That's the interesting mm-hmm. part. People should know. You know, talking to you know when I met friends on social media, I learned more about myself than in real life because you see in real life you can you see like you know like it's funny because you know like you know like it's like the first time when i wrote my first one when i was 10 years old i showed who to my parents my parents were like oh yeah good job but they were thinking that i was actually copying some other poems and call it my own but mm-hmm. they don't know that actually i was like no that was actually my own <laughs> wow. so you see when you met people by social media and those people, you never met them, you never saw them, you never even thought that one day you will be able to talk with them, as you said, live on broadcast. Or it's a very interesting experience, and that's why I said to people, if you have the 
in creativity of writing anything, short stories, novels, poetry, anything, share it. Because this world, there are so many people with voiceless voice that needs to hear their stories written. So you feel like, for example, like you see right now what happened, which is sad in Ukraine, you know, with the Russians. So you see, like right now, whenever I go to a bookstore, I don't see books that written by Ukrainian authors. Why? Because, you know, Russians are blocking anything that comes away from Ukraine. All I see is like Russian right. writers, Russian poetry. Me, yeah, I was like, you see, if we have a stronger community, speak and tell what's going on inside the country. And that's mm-hmm. why I support my people right now, especially Iraqi people, or, or even Arabs from Palestine, Iraq, Syria, who are starting to write in English. That makes me very happy. Because, you see, since the 80s or 90s, our voice was muted, especially Iraqis because of political reasons, because of the Asian regime we have, like the previous regime from 1979 to 2003. The Iraqi voice was muted. So technically... It was more like the government voice, which technically was more like dictatorship rules. But I'm happy, you see, like now we can read about the Syrian, what happened in Syria, from books written by Syrian authors and not some others writing, like, you know, you hear sometimes, like, Edwin Smith, William, you know. No, we need some Arab writers talking about what happened in fully truthy and honest writing. And that's why, mm-hmm. see, me, I'm proud to say that, that I'm happy to share sometimes poems. And that's why I said to people, use social media to share your thoughts, you know, ethical knowledge, you know, like people want to hear. Like, you see, I'm one of those people who are actually curious to hear about if Ukraine have good poetry. Like, you see, my main inspiration when it came from writing came from Russian, from the Soviet era. Why? Because since I was a kid, I still remember my mom, she used to put me those, you know, comics or cartoons that I used to watch. They were like all from the Russian area, you know, from the Soviet era, more specifically. And that's why I got my inspiration. Why? Because they always talk about leaves, death, gray, you know. And that's why, I don't know if you know this or people know this, but my writings always have this kind of sense of griefness or deadly. Why? Because that's, I learned that from the Soviet school of literature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I said to people. I said, you know, like, you see, that's what happened in Russia. You see, like, Russia, back then, in the, you know, before the you know before they lost the Soviet Union, they used to share their literature all over the world. Even in my country, like when I went, I saw some books were written by Russian authors translated in Russia and been sent to Iraq. And you see, that's a gift. Like that's what I'm telling people. No, you don't have to print a copy of books or save money. No, once you share something online, or you can even do subcation, take advantage of the situation that we have today. Because as you see, as yes. you know, I'm pretty sure you agree with me, back in the 90s or 80s, if you want to publish, it was not easy. Why? Because your book has to go through some people. They're going to have to read it, whether they like it or not. They're going to ask you to change. Like, believe me, if I said that to you back in my country, when we used to have the regime of Saddam Hussein, if I, if I was there, like, if I want to share a poem to the newspaper or magazine, there is the people who's going to read it, they're going to ask me, they're like, okay, you're not allowed to use this word, you're not allowed to use this word, you have to change this line, you cannot say this. And then, you know, they're going to give me a paper with, like, 1,000 words that I cannot use. Can you believe that? That's wow. how it used to go. Meanwhile, today, 
nobody tells you to change a word. Nobody tells you like, okay, you're allowed to use this word, but not this word. You know, like believe me, the, uh, remember one time uh, I was watching this interview with a poet, and this poet happened to have that he's a twin, so he have a twin brother. So he said, uh, you know, I was reading a poem, and uh, you know, in a, like in, in a small coffee shop. So you know, it's like the poem, you know, like was like more to like talking about, you know, Baghdad. So he said, you know, it's like I was saying, like, okay, you know, Baghdad, the Red Star. He said something related to the Red Star and President Baghdad and everything. And the funny thing he said, I got caught and I was in prison for two weeks. And he was like, the reason what happened is because the regime heard the word Red Star and the Red Star. We all know it's like part of the Soviet Union, but the guy he said I used it as a as a something another image, but because the re- regime the people who work in the regime didn't have much of knowledge as much as they did, so they thought oh he's comparing Baghdad to the Soviet Moscow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Ahmad, <laughs> we're gonna run out of time, my friend. <laughs> so, so, you are a Fascinating man. <laughs> I think I'm going to fly to Montreal and just sit down so we can talk. <laughs> and you can tell me everything. <laughs> because when you get on a roll, boy, you get on a roll. All right. <laughs> we have time for five more poems. <laughs> You've got a lot to get out, man. <laughs> Got a lot to vent. <laughs> okay. So this one, the title is Cold Hands. Is it cold outside? And I am on my own with cold hands. By the cold light and traffic. Yet you are still on my mind. Nobody wants to hear me. People are busy with their own daily routine and endless problems. And I'm waiting for missing you. The wind blows lots of waves, leaves. And the autumn clouds drop rain with lovers dance under the moonlight while I'm still standing to all the stars. The streets get less busy and children sleep listening to their grandparents' old tales. Meanwhile, I'm dreaming of your perfume and smiling from your old pictures. I prepare myself a warm cup of tea with a few stickers left in my, the pack. I smoke and write about the days we loved. I want my lips to recall your words. One thing keeps me stronger. You are in paradise, and it feels good to see you beautiful without makeup, no tears from all the years I waited to kiss you. My angel. My angel is my girlfriend. My girlfriend is my heaven. I love her, and I hate myself. Together, we are one plus one equal one heart. If I touch her two hands... I, they will amuse me as they they melt away from my stress and offer me pleasurable experience like no other. I have tasted the water until I met with her and drank her, honey covered with lips, and wept with the night tears that have sparkled of happiness. She is so beautiful that she, the sun rises and sets and I'm unable to feel her flesh on me, since she is in, she's my morning butterfly. Okay, so she... 
Okay, your lips are mine. Remember when you asked me to softly kiss you in the morning when the rain was falling on your bare skin? Put your tender lips on my mouth and still my spirit. Do not take the fruit away from my lonely path. My neck misses your lipstick marks lately. I drink a lot and kiss my bottle of whiskey just to remember that your lips are mine. The third for your lips does not mean that I'm looking for water or straining again seasons. Always walk barefoot by the colorful flowers and butterflies. Let us come down tonight and break no bones. My heart is a love letter from Christmas. I will no longer walk alone to a dry season. Just wipe my tears and I'll be a love song. Sing my love poems when the music is over. No more secrets, no more heartbreaking or regrets. Life's beautiful when I'm resting by you. It feels as if love is kissing our prayers. Nobody can touch your moving lips because your perfume is the only proof that I have kissed in my dream. Above your lips, above your lips I hear a rhyme or a love song and a love story with a sad ending. Above your lips, little words become long haikus and sentences become poems. Above your lips, I see the colors of, I see the colors as a rainbow coloring my morning and evening. Above your lips, I observe a unique flavor of kindness, a taste that life has banned me in the past. Above the, your lips, the sun shines in the night on your bare flesh as the moon appears when you cuddle me in your dreams. Above your lips, I, under the stars, I'll kiss your strawberry lips. Under the rain, I'll marry you without a doubt. When you play our childhood, when you play with our childhood, with my tears fall, when you attend my funeral. And that's a small haiku. Naomi and I, we are the ink and then a leaf for one love letter. That's wow. it. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you for favoring us tonight, My for favorite. sharing your gift, sharing the love that you have for your fiance. I wish the two of you nothing but the sky and the heavens. Thank you. You know, uh, again, I'm very happy, and I'm happy because you're happy. That makes me happy. Thank you, sir. (laughs) You know that you're welcome back here anytime. So when your next collection comes out, just let me know, and I'll have you on the air as soon as you want me to. All right, my friend? All right, sir. Now, we did have one person, a caller. I'm going to see if I can bring this person on. They may have a question for you. How do you feel about that? Sure. All I'm right, let's see. Area code 804, the first three numbers of 519, you're on the air with Ahmad. Good evening. Well, good evening, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Uh, this is Harold Christian, and I bring you greetings from Glen Allen, Virginia. And also, Ahmad, thank you so much for sharing your love this evening. Thank uh, you. I never looked this poetry, I look at poetry now in a different way. 
um, your poetry can be about anything. Mm. Your poetry is displayed through love, different levels of love. Mm-hmm. Wow. Different levels of love. Thank you. Yes. Anything Please else you'd like to share with Ahmad? Please continue. Well, nothing else. I enjoyed the show. And I look forward to uh, tuning in again. And, All and right, I like thank that. you so for thank you so much, uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Michael, for for just being here and being so consistent. All right, thank you. Hey, maybe one day you can be a guest on the show. Keep writing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've definitely been inspired tonight. All right. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> All right. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. All right. Good people. We're at the end of another show. I want to thank all the listening audience for tuning in as you do every week. And as you know, what I share when we finish is let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Until next time, I'm Michael Anthony Ingram. Good night. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at QLPOR.com.